Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Footy Talk Journos Edition, stateside this week. Danny Widler is back with us from Nine News. Danny, what have we got coming up? I'll tell you uh, how I ended up on the bus with the Rabbitohs and why we should be doing more of that sort of stuff. <laughs> Michael Chamis from the Sydney Morning Herald. Chammy. I bet you my bus trip with the, with the Roosters was a lot better, Danny. <laughs> For your back pocket. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Footy Talk. Adam Peacock here by his lonesome in Sydney town, but happy to see the smiling faces of one Danny Widler just south of San Diego, I think, or in the San Diego area, and Michael Chamis, who is in LA, looking forward to later in the week all convening in Las Vegas for this big rugby league convention that Peter Volandis and the <laughs> NRL have put on. Chammy. Danny, great to see you guys. Chammy, you got the biggest smile on your face, so your junket's going better, obviously. <laughs> I'm just happy to see Danny. I've missed him. I haven't seen him for two days. I spent five days in San Diego with him, and I, uh, I miss his presence. It's really cathartic being around Danny Widler. Adam, I think he's lying, but it's very nice of you to say that, Michael. And <laughs> can I just tell you, I've, I've uh, discovered several things about uh, the great Chammy. Uh, first <laughs> of all, he, he can drive very well. He's a good driver, on, even on the wrong side of the road. Uh, very <laughs> Except impressed. for that car that I hit. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Well, I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. <laughs> I, was, and I was going to compliment you, and, and he's been. I, I saw how hard he works, and also the only thing I don't like about him is very needy. Um, oh, here we go. We had a, a lot of uh, like I don't like to eat dinner with anyone apart from family. <laughs> except except Michael was. Uh, he even came to my hotel to have dinner with me to sit at a dingy little table and eat takeaway. So he needs to be around people, Adam, which is um, unlike myself, who's I'm very happy with my own company. <laughs> yep, walking your cat in Bondi. Um, Danny, <laughs> Love it. W- welcome back after a big break for you uh, because you do work seven days a week during the footy season, so you take your chunk of days off in the summer time. But, mate, how has this experience been so far for you and obviously you spent time with Chammy, but what have you made of it so far? And you're down with South who are being accused of not promoting it properly because they're off on their lonesome uh, away from everyone. And it was, um, I was having a think about this morning and uh, in fact, I talked to Chammy about it uh, while, we, while we had many hours together to talk to each other. And in terms of big events in rugby league, I, I know where, I know it's easy to write it off as a junket and blah, blah, blah. And, a good time. Um, but when you think about some of the big things that have happened in rugby league in recent years, uh, I'm talking the last just couple of decades, we've had some big scandals and all that kind of thing and we've had the NRL coming together, new clubs coming in. But in terms of a uh, you know, potentially a positive event and a uh, groundbreaking event, I'm trying to think of something bigger. Uh, I know you go way back to state of origin happening and, you know, that had its, its knockers at the start. But you think about really positive stories and potentially positive. It could, you know, it could blow up in our faces, you never know. But in terms of ventures and taking a risk and a gamble and trying something new for the game, I'm hoping it works. I really am. I, I don't know what the ultimate measure of success will be, whether that is uh, rugby league on mainstream television regularly and stacks of money coming in because of punting. 
uh, or genuinely Americans wanting to have a team in, or a proper competition or anything like that. Now, that mightn't happen in my lifetime. In fact, it won't happen in my lifetime. might happen in uh, Chammies, but I'm actually uh, embracing it, uh, hoping it works. You know, the media gets written off for being negative about a lot of things, but I think it's worth being positive about and at least until a point where, you know, it's it's unworkable or clearly not going to work. But uh, right now, I think we should be looking at this as a, a brave venture. Again, I don't know what the measure is and I don't know what the end result will be, but from everything on a broader perspective, without focusing necessarily on South to start with, oh, I think it's been quite amazing, to be honest, that we're having all the players are saying the same thing, that we're, they're waking up in America and they're going to be playing a game of rugby league in what about, I don't know what day it is, it's today's Sunday here, so in, in just under a week's time, like we'll have, this time next week, we'll have had the double header at the venue of the Super Bowl. Now, when you think about that, that's pretty cool. Mm. Chammy, that's what's a your take on say, That's a long way to say thank you for that taking me to America, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> See, Chammy, that's just that, who's taking me? So I'm just saying the game has provided you. It's a long way to say thank you to Rugby League for bringing this oh. on. It was, it was a good spill you went through. Well, it's not a spill, it's genuine. I, oh. unlike, unlike you, I'm genuine. Okay. <laughs> I think that it's actually something that's interesting. <laughs> no, it is, thank it you. is. No. I, I Why are you being fantastic. negative? I'm not negative. I, th- I actually think it's great. I'm, you know, I'm the kind of guy who's think for, you know, think later, act first kind of guy, and that's why this is good. Worry about the consequences later if there are any consequences. I think the game's very brave to come out here and, and try this. They may lose money, but I think in the long run they'll make a lot of money. Is money the be all and end all for the NRL in some situations? And this is what I spoke to Peter Valandis about the other day. He said all these people are back home saying, "Oh, what about grassroots bush footy? It's dying. We need to put money into it." He said. Where are we getting this money from? If we're going to go save bush footy or put in the grassroots, we need money. And going over here, we believe we are going to make lots of money from this venture. So that's where we're going to go back and invest in things like that. So that's the point that Peter makes. I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea. If it gets to a point where it's not making money, it's clearly not a a benefit for the game, then we look at scrapping it. But right now, I'm all in. It, it, it is a revenue play. It's, it's quite clearly a revenue play. So we won't know until, I don't know, six months' time whether or not it's paid off if the costs out, if the benefits are going to potentially out, outweigh the, the negatives, which is a lot of cost, Danny, because the, the NRL is, is helping getting these teams over there, um, camps, all of that, all of the associated costs. I don't know what's going on with the broadcast, but do, is there a feeling amongst the, the, the clubs that are there that it's happened the way they wanted it to happen so far. And this is the big week for them because it's a prep for a round one game. They've got to get it right. So let's take the cost factor first, Adam. And we don't know how much it's costing. Like the NRL paid for a few of us journos to go over on the previous trip and that would have cost a fair bit. But they are making good money, don't forget, from broadcast rights and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I don't know the facts and figures when it comes to how much this is actually costing. And I think that maybe there'd be clubs out there going, they want to know how much it's going to cost and maybe they're not getting answers. I don't know. And I don't know if you can make an instant return on this because it would be costing a lot. I mean, just even getting broadcasts is happening and all getting you know, their people over there, bringing teams over. Mm. You know, I, I don't know how many are in the South squad, for instance, but it feels like there's at least 30 people around who are who are doing it, you know, and that would be an, a hugely expensive ven- uh, venture. So 
I guess it has to be a really long-term thing. And that, yeah, what's the old saying to us? Um, you got to spend money to make money. And that's probably what they're relying on. But, but Peter Volandis is someone who, by his very nature, is prepared to take a gamble. And he's doing that. And it, it mm. could be one of the biggest gambles we've seen now. The teams seem to be like, in terms of, I can only judge from Souths, they seem very happy here. And uh, I'm in La Jolla. It feels a lot like a, a Manly or a Bondi where we are. Mm. Uh, it's a very relaxed atmosphere, probably more probably more Manly because it's, it's quite a laid-back atmosphere. People are very cruisy. The Souths go around without any anyone bothering them and they've got Except a reasonable you. feel to train on uh, without being great. What was that? Except, Except you. You. Bother- you were on the bus. How did that happen? Well, that's my job. Did, were my you job invited be, on the bus? They, they asked me on the bus. Why? Is that okay? No, it's fine. You know, I, did I ask you, Chammy? They did ask me, mate. I decided to go back and work. And I thought I'd keep a bit, keep it a bit Hang professional a as well. No, that, to be truthful here, Michael, you said it'd be a waste of time for you to go and watch South meet uh, the US Navy. You, you disrespected <laughs> yeah, their whole project. <laughs> It was a, it was more of a pitcher opportunity, wasn't it? And I was going back to write some stories from the interviews that I'd just conducted with the players, so I felt that uh, there was no need to go on the USS uh, Canberra, whatever. It was well, I had called. a great time there, and I enjoyed being on the bus. I don't know if the players like having me on there, but no. uh, I enjoyed it, and I, I was took on the, the opportunity. I was on the Roosters team bus yesterday, Danny. Yeah, go, go oh, through really? that, Chammy. What happened there? Uh, look, I've got to give the Roosters a lot of credit. They've invited the two journalists who are here, myself and, and Dean Ritchie from the Daily Telegraph, to experience a bit of an inner sanctum experience. We were in the team meeting on the team bus on the way to training yesterday. They took us out to dinner last night as well. It's been uh, it's really great from the Roosters to do what they've done and get to see a, a side to the players but also the staff that we don't normally see. And, yeah, it was, it's been a terrific night. They're taking us again today. I'm about to cut this podcast short because I've got to hop on a bus to head with <laughs> the, the, Roos, the Roosters to the Clippers game tonight. So, yeah, look, it's fantastic. The fact they open up the doors – in this environment, they know how important it is for rugby league to get this American adventure off the ground and make sure it's a success. And uh, not only is it the American audience, but the, the audience back home have to think it's a, a success as well. So, Chammy, you're going to be like that bloke uh, who used to dress up at Roosters game with the dishwasher glove on his head, dressed up as a Roosters. <laughs> is that going to be you in the press box this year? You're going to be totally biased. It's a good play from Nick Politis to get you close and, um, you know, keep your enemies closer uh, look, type thing. I don't, I don't know how the rest of the trip's going to be. But right now, my tip for the Premiership, guys, is the Roosters <laughs> to win. <laughs> By the end hey, of the hey, trip, I don't know. Hey, see that See that uh, bag in the back of the shot there? Is that full of cash, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> the, brown, the brown paper bag. I've got, I've got my snacks in there. Actually, do you know what? Danny is right about how expensive it is over here because he's been shopping at Whole, what is it? Whole Foods. You've just been getting. Uh, oh. you, look, just buy a meal, Danny. I want to have lunch with you. Buy a meal. Don't go and get some Doritos from the shop and have like some nachos for the other. Whole Foods is cheap. Microwave. I did, um, Michael. I did try and get a haircut yesterday because my uh, my fro is getting a bit out of control. I walked into a place uh, in La Jolla and I said, "Listen, I just need a quick trim. Do you take Apple Pay? You've got to check that first. And they said yes. And they said, oh, uh, yeah, we can fit you in. One hundred and twenty-five US. Oh, I'll forget I said, it. Walk out uh, the I, door." I did walk out the door. I said, "Thank you very much. I'll uh, I'll go buy I'll go buy Chammy's clip clippers when I get to um Vegas." But guys, Chammy, firstly, with you, in all seriousness, traveling with the players has it given you a different kind of 
I don't know, appreciation? Does it give you different access to, to stories that you want? How is it for a journalist? Because let's be honest, you still got to maintain that professional distance because at some point in the yeah. season, the guys you're on the bus with, something's going to happen in their professional lives where you have to report on and maybe they're not going to like it. Oh, yeah, I had this conversation last night with Trent Robinson. He was sitting across from us at dinner at the Greek restaurant in Beverly Hills, just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, he, um, we made, like I made the point about having the, the actual being in that inner sanctum and forming the relationships with the players. It goes a long way to, to them understanding what we do as well. I, he actually asked if myself and Bulldog wanted to speak to the players on Monday and just for them to understand what it is we actually do, what it is we get judged on and how we go about our jobs, which is going to be an interesting experience in itself, um, speaking to the players. I think from both sides, getting an understanding of, of what it is that we expect, but also how hard it is then when we write something, how it impacts their personal lives, how it impacts more than just we just see it as their footy players and we don't have that emotional con- connection with them because sometimes we don't have that relationship with certain players. We don't get to see them and we don't get the opportunity to be in the environment we are in now where you actually are having conversations. How are your kids? How's your family life? How How was dinner? Like th- These are conversations you don't have when they – they get rolled out for two minutes at a press conference in front of a banner and they just want to get in and get out. That, that, that's the reality of the relationship we have with a lot of these players at the moment. So to get in this situation, I, I think it benefits both us as journalists but them as players to, to get that relationship which you, you wouldn't ordinarily do. In fairness to Michael, I think, I think you're, you do have that sensitivity when it comes to players a lot of the time. I think that you do respect them. I know personally you've taken those things into account for players so for them to understand that and to see you do that is a good thing and I do think these things help like even uh the other day we I don't think Latrell Mitchell was that thrilled when I was at a golf course at um Torrey Pines to get some shots and you know initially he said no cameras and then you know we filmed one hole and then he didn't hit his shot how he wanted to so he said come and film another hole for us so we could get a good shot for the yeah so that was yeah that just shows and that was a softening from Latrell. I saw him this morning. I was um, staking out trying to get a player this morning at the team hotel at 8.30 and Latrell was there and he came and shook my hand and I think Michael wrote a, quite a nasty piece about me in his column saying that I was hit <laughs> by Latrell Mitchell as a bit of clickbait. Can you, you tell were. the truth about that, please? Oh, it was the highlight of my trip so far. We're sitting there and Danny's just walking around the back of training at the first training session at the uh, University of San Diego and... Bang, Latrell Mitchell, goal kick, smashes Danny Wide. Like, what, did it knock you out? You're into the HIA? <laughs> What's the good. truth, Michael? I might have just <laughs> broke the, ba- the, the ball barely touched me. And it you make you a, another clickbait headline. And this happens to me all the time at training. You don't attend training sessions, Michael. <laughs> You're in your ivory tower banging out stories while I'm out seeing training all the time. Well, the good thing for you, Danny, is that on your Sunday article in the Sun Herald, you've never had a clickbait headline ever. Not, not at all. <laughs> never, never have, ever happened. Never. Yeah, right. Not hey, about Michael, anyway. Not yet. What happens from now? Because obviously Brisbane are in LA. I don't know where Manly are actually, it, and no one's reporting on them. You, Manly in Vegas. Oh, Manly in Vegas already. What do you mean? So, Didn't you read Sebes? They're promoting the game. They're doing everything. They are. Actually. Oh, hang on. Are you having a shot? Are you mm. having a shot at Sebes? A little bit, yeah. Why? I just found it amusing that he, when, when he came out, had a shot at South Sydney for not promoting the game earlier in the week. And he said, uh, you know, it'd be nice if South Sydney came over to Las Vegas to promote the game. He, he made a comment about everything's open. We're open. We've got media sessions. We, yeah, media are welcome to, to come and watch. 
But that completely contradicted the email that was sent out by the club a few days earlier that said that there'd be no media between them landing in Las Vegas on a Wednesday until the following Monday. I found it interesting that he would say that it was open, but it wasn't. Anyway. And look, in fairness to South, they, they had been good. I know we're sort of taking the mickey out of me being on the team bus and all that kind of thing, but they, they had been giving good access. You know, they've been really fair and pretty much anything we've asked, close to anything we've asked, they've said yes or at least given consideration to. I know that I've had a couple of things sort of turned down and I've, Michael, you might have had the same, but um, no, they did everything for me. Sorry, mate. Okay. Well, they've done everything for you, but, uh, but well, maybe my requests are you know, a bit deeper. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I think that, yeah, they've been really good. And Brock Schaefer has been running everything over here. He's their COO and he's, he's been terrific to deal with. So, uh, oh, it's been a, a good experience. But from South Sydney, I, I can't, I can't say whether the Roosters have done match because I haven't, I've only seen them do a couple of all ins, which is a little bit, less than I expected them to do. I thought they would have given more access, but Michael sounds like he's been winding, being wind and dined by them, so we're going to see some good stories coming up. What about the Broncos? Well, the Broncos, I touched uh, – I left San Diego yesterday morning and drove straight to the Broncos training at LA Rams facility just north of LA. They were quite good. They had a number of players up there. Big names were up, Ezra Mam, Reese Walsh. It was great to see them throwing an NFL ball around, Katoni Staggs, a couple of great catches, and Reese Walsh with the gloves on. The Broncos are they're in good spirits. I think they're they're open doing a lot more at the moment. The players are up, four or five players are up. Reese Walsh was doing a Zoom with an American media outlet. So the clubs are actually jumping on board, to be fair. I know I'm I'm having a bit of a push shot at Manly, but all the clubs are are jumping on board to do what they can. And yeah, at the end of the day, they are preparing for a game of foot and they're trying to keep it as normal as possible. But being mindful of the fact this is not a normal situation. And South Sydney were outstanding. I just, just texted Jason Demetrio and, and Brock Schaefer, as you mentioned, and said thanks for their time in you know, in San Diego because it, it was good. I think Luttrell was a bit you know, wary of, of, of doing anything. He, he spoke to the media, of course, but he didn't want to go back and talk about last year in that incident because I sat down and spoke for a piece in the Herald and spent quite a few days working on it, working, speaking to a number of people about what actually went down at the end of last year? Cody Walker was outstanding. Uh, he got quite emotional. He was, we sat yeah. down in the lobby um, talking about what happened with Sam Burgess, not being able to, to talk to Sam about what actually went down, being branded with this tag of being receiving special treatment. Jason Demetrio was outstanding talking about what went down last year, his lessons that he learned going to work with Gareth Southgate's psych, sports psychologist in England over the off season. So, yeah, the, the, the clubs have been have been pretty good in in opening up, but you can understand why Latrell is re- reluctant to do so, given that every time he opens his mouth, he gets hammered. Speaking of um, access and all that sort of thing, we've missed the real story here, Adam. Our colleague on this podcast, Michael Chambers, has been talking about entering the uh, what do they call the combine? He I'm wants in, to get baby. a start with the West Tigers. I'm in. I'm going to see what it's like. Do a story on the. Are you going to do combine. it? Should I do it? I think you should. I might enter the Nines tournament. That's on that day. Maybe that's a better story. Well, you've been training hard. I've noticed you. Yeah, you know, you're looking fantastic. <laughs> I can't cover the insurance if I get in, if I get injured over in America. Yeah. That's a that's a problem for me if I get injured. <laughs> Which I would. that that's a that'd bring down an insurance company in Australia if uh, your premium if you you put your hand up for something <laughs> like that, Jamie. But with, when does everyone kind of invade Vegas? And get there exactly. all in the one place. When's the first time when everyone is in, in the same place at once 
And then that's when the distractions could really take place for the players. And I'm sure it won't. These guys are professional athletes and they're professional footy clubs. Maybe the, the day after the game it could it could get a little loose. But in all seriousness, when does it all – and what and what events are planned in the in the days before the, the actual games, which are going to take place Sunday Arvo here in uh, Australia? I'm doing this a bit from memory, but I think Wednesday our time, Chammy, is what I, what I understand that – I think that's the 28th. There's uh, all the teams will be in there by then. There's going to be a launch. Is it that evening or the next day? I can't. I can't quite remember. Uh, when he's it. not very good with times, mate. Broncos get well, there I, Thursday. I, Roosters and Rabbits get there Wednesday, and there's a launch Wednesday. on Thursday evening. And free Thursday, Thursday, Thursday the launch. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was Wednesday anyway. Um, that's okay, mate. Send your camera there on Wednesday. It'll be good to watch. <laughs> and I think that I think that um, Peter Volandis and Co. get in on Tuesday to Vegas. That's when the the big plane full of other Aussie broadcasters, or I don't know, I think is it the likes of Paul Gallon are coming over from Nine? Maybe I don't think Joey's coming over, is he? Or, or well, Freddie? I, I think he's coming over. This is the real story of Vegas. So the NRL hired, I think they chartered two flights, two planes over to straight to Vegas. No stopping in LA. So and they've sold some tickets to people, and you know, this is an experience that you can go and, and, and travel on the some of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But I can't wait to see which people get assigned business class seats. Which people don't get assigned business class seats, and which people whinge about not getting assigned business class seats. I'm telling you, the war in the media world is going to erupt if some person gets business and the other doesn't. What about first class? Well, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be in that section from the media, mate. That might be the uh, the bigwigs of the world. There's a lot of media dignitaries heading over to to uh, Vegas as well. Some are News Corp and Nine bigwigs heading over, so I'm sure they'll be up front. Well, gents, we're going to take a little break. That's enough about Vegas. A bit going on in rugby league as well. Get your thoughts on the World Club Challenge and a few other things uh, right after this. Little breather. Chammy is eating his Skittles as we take this uh, little breather. Back with Footy Talk. And, guys, you're on that side of the world. We're on this side of the world. There's a stack of other teams preparing for the season. Storylines, Chammy's mob, the Tigers, got um, an absolute pizzling on the weekend. Yet again, nothing's changed only in that regard. But um, is it kind of like you've gone into a a separate universe? It's totally separate to every all the storylines that are happening back here? I really have to say it is, Adam. Like this is my first week back at work and I've purely been focused on uh, South, to be honest, and – when I, I'm going to Vegas uh, in a couple of days, I'm driving up there from here in a couple of days, and then my focus will probably broaden onto all of the teams as well. But as far as stories back home, to me, it feels a long, like it feels as far away as I am, uh, because there is, I think there's a lot of, I think there are a lot of people interested in this experiment, even even from other clubs. Mm. Uh, I know Chammy did a a poll for the Herald about you know whether it's going to be good or not, blah blah blah. I just think that this is the focus. I think that this is where the, the big game is. And all, like all the networks are coming over, all the journos are coming over. And I feel like a lot of the stuff happening back home or, or elsewhere at the moment, I'm not being disrespectful, feels like off-Broadway. Same for you, Chammy. Yeah, I, I can understand why it's going to be a struggle with trying to sell the game to the US market though because even us, like when the trials are on, you wake up in the morning and think, oh, the trials were on. And because of the time difference, they're on – Really late, the night early in the morning. Um, there are only maybe a couple of games a week where that's if it's a day game, you get it in a decent hour in America. Just so you can understand why that's going to be a struggle, and if they are going to look at trying to promote the game into good times, that then those those key games, the three o'clock Saturday or the two o'clock Sunday, they're the real 
key games they're going to try and get into the United States. So, yeah, it, it does. But then, then you see the World Club Challenge blow up and then you see the Tigers losing and you start to think, okay, well, you know, there is a <laughs> there is a world back home to that, you know, that focuses on rugby league. It's so relevant here. It is like no one talks about it. We're, we're not in Vegas at the moment, mm. so there's no there's no buzz or, or vibe around it at the moment. So, yeah, okay. I'll be interested to see how, how, how it sort of steps up once this week's over and we get to we get back to playing in Australia. In effect, Chammy, what, what that says to us is the key is television. It has to be on television. Mm. Uh, as much as they want to promote it, you know, these double headers or whatever else, and this product needs to break through and be on some sort of mainstream or Fox One, whatever it is, consistently every week so that people can watch it and it can become a habit, right? Without it. Yeah, but it can't, how are you going to get it on the well, main channel? How are you going to get it on the main channel when it's – because those two games that I spoke about, they've got their own sports here. You're not going to get it into main Fox Sports One channel. You're lucky right now that's going to be broadcast because the NFL's finished. But what about when the NFL's on or there are things on that are here that they I have to take priority? That. There are different arrangements that. they have. But you're right, there's two games every week. They need to make sure that those two games, 2 o'clock on Sunday and the 3 o'clock Saturday game, which is only really the two early day games that we've got, they get as much coverage as they can in America every week. Or play more games earlier in Australia. I, I don't know why we're playing so many night games in Australia. I'm over TV, it. TV, mate. You can't be fodder for the stoners who are up at 2 a.m. or whatever time they're going to be watching it. That's got to be on. It's got to be on. At a significant time. I can relate though because I remember being no no oh, no I started. remember being in the US in New York actually uh, a few years ago and Manly were playing a very important game I think it was September so it must have been when I was over there for the US Open Manly were playing a very important game but it worked out it was two a.m. I was absolutely obliterated. And that was a fun experience. <laughs> Watching a, a manly game, it felt like the game was in fast forward in a hotel foyer on my laptop with a few other Aussie <laughs> boys <laughs> over the shoulder. Uh, that might not be a ratings uh, way forward for, for rugby league, but it is, it's purely a, a revenue play at the moment. You, you look at the other revenue that uh, the NRL is trying to, or investments that they're trying to make. We hear about what they're doing with hotels and everything and making investments there. Uh, so building the asset base, but there's reports English Super League that they might invest in that or take it over financially. Uh, we'll get to the refs in the English Super League in a moment, um, Penrith. Don't worry about that. Uh, a private consortium has approached the NRL about starting a, a little Super League over there in the US as well. And Carl Stefanovic, obviously, guys, that you guys at Channel 9 are being paid way too much, that uh, King Carlos is looking to invest in that. Nothing is coming across the table of the NRL executive at the moment, which is a hard no, it seems. They're, they're looking at options everywhere, Danny. But that, that's good. I think, you know, look at the options, explore it. I mean... What's, what does Valandi say? He's a can-do guy. Explore it. Can-do yeah, man. Explore it. See what see if it's worthwhile or not. And the English Super League probably does need some sort of help and direction and guidance. And whether you, you buy it or not, I don't know. Uh, what's it worth? I don't know. But the idea is good. And I think the American League, it'll be hard. Well, I mean, we, we had a couple of rugby league teams arrive at South Sydney training. Uh, the, the local, the, what were they called? The Barracudas. The Barracudas. Cammy yes, could get a star yeah. for the Barracudas as well. <laughs> and I could probably, yeah. <laughs> and in a lot of ways. Because he's an annoying – are they the fish that nibble at you and bite you and eat you? Or is that, was that, or is that the piranha? That? <laughs> That's no, a piranha. You should play for You should play for the piranhas. But, but, <laughs> well, there's other teams. The LA Mongrel. Maybe I'll Mongrels, yeah, that's you. 
but you know that that is so small fry at the moment. You know, uh, it's, it's got yeah. a long, long way to go. From being here, though, I think the um, what is noticeable is that there is a bit of a rugby union presence, right, in the colleges and whatnot. Even the other day, there were a couple of the college guys that came down to watch um, South Sydney. Now, I asked them, "How did you make the team? How does it work?" They said, "Oh, basically, whoever turns up makes the team." But in, in other parts of California, it's a lot more serious. Some of the guys at UCLA that I saw yesterday they look like fair income athletes that will go in a, <laughs> that would be yeah, decent players. I think that's the way forward for the NRL to actually try and infiltrate the college systems and actually make that something that can be attractive that gets people playing because there are so many guys who don't make mm. the, the American football teams or don't make other sports and they are quite athletic and they go and play rugby or they're, or they're from England or they're from Australia. Their options, yeah, they got to try and grow the game at a college level because if they can do that, they can do what rugby's done here. I know rugby's not mainstream in America, but it is quite. It does have a, a footprint in the United States. They've got a the major league rugby competition, even the San Diego Legion. When we, we spotted were down some, there. we spotted Mate, some posts. We, we spotted some posts to actual yeah. rugby league or rugby union posts are up there, but uh, just up the road from where South are training. It was interesting that they they weren't actually training on that field. Instead, they were training on a, a field with makeshift posts. And we asked why, and they said that uh, they asked the the college or the that that. Uh, where they could use that field. And they said, well, three people did their ACLs on that field training last year, so they kept well away from it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, there is there is a slight well, presence. Martin, who plays for the San Diego Legion, even they wanted to play out of Snapdragon Stadium, which is at the moment being used for the CONCACAF women's, what's it called, the Gold Cup at the moment. We, we were staying with the Brazilian women's soccer team a bit earlier. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I, from what I can see, the college system is where they need to try and infiltrate. Hey, guys, uh, quick one on the World Club Challenge. Obviously, I don't know what time it was on over there. I don't know if you saw much of it, if it was even broadcast in there, but uh, but Wigan got it done. Uh, they were aided by what Greg Alexander has said on radio here in Australia this morning as the worst video ref decision he has ever seen in his life. And having looked at it time and time again over the last 24 hours, Brandy hasn't flown off the handle there. Um, basically, the player has landed short of the line, dragged over, double movement all day, and they've given it. So it was a bad one. But Penrith, to their credit, publicly at least, apart from Brandy maybe, <laughs> publicly at least, just kind of accepted it. Deep breath, deep breath, didn't win it. And again, they don't win it, Chammy. So is this a little, uh, It'll is this a little I'm telling you, spot, that will hurt spot on their dynasty? Yeah. Uh, Probably not, but it hurts them. Like I can tell you now, they were pretty embarrassed with what they dished out the year before against St. Helens at home, and they went over mm. over to England this year to win. They went over there to prove to everyone we're the best in the world. We are the team that you know you're considering as one of the dynasty teams of the of rugby league, but they they just couldn't get it done. Now I know they were that Wigan were aided by some poor decisions, but it's going to sting, and I, I I wonder what the ramifications will be emotionally, but also coming back physically from England and playing in two weeks' time in Australia. It's going to hurt the Panthers. I, I know that mm. that one meant a lot to them. It did. Shami, do you really think so? I mean, like, yeah, no, I, can't I, tell you, I, I, I can't tell you who was a world champion or whatever you want to call it five years ago. doesn't matter. They got themselves up for it. Like, I, I, I know it doesn't matter in the scheme of things, but for them as a team, and when you invest emotionally into it, which they did, they went over there to win and put a lot of time and effort into it. It wasn't just going over for a holiday. Mm-hmm. Them to come back, travel all that way, spend so much energy, emotionally invest, and then come back empty-handed, feeling flat, it's going to hurt them. It's not a blemish on their dynasty, but it's something they wanted to tick off. They wanted to mm-hmm. have that 
in the back there. So in a, in a, the World Club Challenge Trophy, with every other trophy that they've won, it just didn't happen for them, and that's going to be something that haunts them. I don't hold it against. I personally, I don't give two. You don't. No, and no one cares. They care. That's the, that's the, and yeah. that's the point I'm trying to make about mm. the Penrith Panthers and why they are so great because they do care about that sort of thing. They do mm. care that they went over there and came up empty-handed. And two years in a row now, they've been mm. embarrassed by the Super League, which everyone considers as an inferior product. I will, I will say that they uh, went and visited Manchester United last week as well and Manchester United then rocked up on the weekend and got beaten by Fulham. So um, didn't work out at all. The trip. <laughs> Nothing rubbed off for Penrith over there. Uh, one Sp- Speaking of soccer, Danny, uh, last can one, I give yeah. you a little story about this? I've got a problem with I'm, you. You you say your story know, and I'm going to retort. Okay, go. Well, I mentioned to you that I'm heading off to the Clippers soon, which is why I have to hang mm. up on you very so- shortly. But I got invited to the Clippers game. I didn't. Plan. I love my NBA, but I had accreditation and I was going to go watch Lionel Messi into Miami against LA Galaxy to open the season. And then Politis called and invited us to the game. And I, what do I do? What so, do I do? I brush I'll tell Pilates you what you do. I'll tell Messi? you what you do. You, you think of it in these, and I've got the greatest respect for Nick Politis and what he's done as a businessman, as an Australian, <laughs> as an ornament to society. However, Michael Chamis, you essentially have turned down the opportunity. Take yourself in a time machine to the mid-60s. You've got a ticket on the table to see the Beatles live or you've got a ticket on the table to go and see Martin Luther King speak and you've turned it down to go and watch a bloody game of basketball. You, my friend, are an idiot. (laughs) Says the bloke in an LA Lakers hat. What has that got to do with anything? It's just to know. cover up my lightly to, to t- lightly covered head <laughs> from the lights in here in the studio. Listen, what I'm saying, decision, I, I, this it's guy disrespectful for me to go is the to greatest the thing. It's disrespectful. It's the greatest thing to ever happen to football. This one individual, and you've got the chance to see him live while you've got air in your lungs and while he's got <laughs> air in your lungs, and you've turned it down. I, I, I'm not happy about it, Adam. You're sitting here thinking that I'm happy. I tried to work it out that I'll go to the game. It's at 5.30. It's at 5.30. The Clippers are at 6.30. I thought if I go to it, watch 10 minutes, just tick it. Tell Nick you can't fighting. make it. You can't do that. I'll end up oh, – I can't tell you. What, what's up. wrong? You can't do it. It's disrespectful. Worse than whoever these people are you talking about. <laughs> Uh, I, had to give up, I had to give up my Taylor Swift ticket to come here, so I'm very upset. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a massive Swifty. I was yeah, supposed to go with the kids, yeah. and I am I'm gutted. You know my, my cat slash dog that I walk on the beach is called Taylor. So. Um, oh, is it? Danny, funny you should mention that. In front of 83,000 people last night, Taylor Swift actually just before her second song in the encore said, by the way, where's Danny? Has anyone seen him? <laughs> <laughs> Forget oh, that Travis Kelsey, dude. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Enjoy the weekend. Look forward to all the stories because, I mean, in terms of fertile ground, you've landed right in the middle of it in terms of storylines coming up over the next week. And uh, I dare say to be a question of what you leave out rather than what you put into your stories over the next week. Look forward to uh, seeing them and reading them and all of that. And uh, catch up when we get back. We'll have a full debrief about exactly what has gone down in Vegas, the first foray for rugby league over there. Cheers, gents. Thanks, Thanks Adam. You, Adam. I'm just glad I could work out this technology. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs>